Amen. Hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Cody, and I'm excited to bring the word today. Man, y'all look good today. Well, I'm going to say it again. Y'all look good. Yeah. All right. All right. Go to uh, uh, Acts 2, 38 through 39. We're going to jump into the word here in a second. But this, this is Memorial Day weekend. And, and while it is a celebration leaning into summer and we're excited about all that, we just want to take a second just to acknowledge that for some in this room or online, it, it might be a reminder today of those who have lost and who have given everything and, and, and for, the, for the freedom that we experience in our nation. And so today we just want to take a second, we want to honor those who have given and the families who have given the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom that we experience here in America. Aren't you glad that we can worship freely? Come on, can we just celebrate those? I know... And it's a moment of honor. Yeah. Amen. We honor those. So this, is, this, is a, this is a fun weekend. This is a big weekend. This also happens to be Pentecost Sunday. Woo! Amen. I like this. Because Pentecost Sunday is, is a celebration. There was a feast that was 50 days after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. 50 days later was the day of Pentecost. And this is really the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. And today we are celebrating that we've had Easter, Jesus is alive, and now we're celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit. And in this series, we're talking about the promises of God. Today we're going to talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you think we can talk about that for a little bit? Man, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. I like it. Today, as you find Acts 2, 38 through 39, we're going to read the word. But let me just, just remind you of a couple rules that I have when I preach. Number one, I am what we call a talkback preacher. Okay? So when I, when I say something good, you can talk back to me. If you grew up in a church where you got pinched for breathing too loud, this is not that church. We think church should be a little rowdy. Yeah. Come on, this is still the good news, the gospel. <laughs> the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we are marked by our joy. Amen. So whenever I say something good, you can say something back to me. You can say, that's good. Mm. You can say, amen, hallelujah. You might say, ouch. You might even be real Pentecostal and you'd be like, walk that dog, preacher. I don't know. I don't know. But here in a second, I'm going to give you a chance to practice. I'm going to say, Jesus is king, and you're going to say whatever you would say when you feel like something is good. Are you ready? Jesus is king. Yeah. Woo. That was better than first and second service. Good job. Come on. Amen. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, second rule. That's rule number one. We'll talk about preaching. Number two. Real simple. It's real, real just polite. Okay? Polite rule. If I say I love you, you say. I love you. All right, did you find the word? You in the word? Ooh, we're going to have fun today. <laughs> Acts 2, 38 through 39. If you don't have it in your Bibles, I gave you plenty of time to find it. Um, even if you have to go to the, the, you know, the table of contents. I like it. It's on the screens behind me. Uh, then Peter said unto them, repent. Ooh, that's a good word. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Ooh, that's a good verse already, ain't it? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Verse 39. For the promise, let me say the promise, is to you and to your children. Ooh, I want to stop right there. Did you know that your children do not get a junior Holy Ghost? 
Come on, he, they get a full-size Holy Ghost. And I want to let you know right now that you, when you drop your kids off, they're not just being babysat back there. Come on, I walked back there just a second ago, and they were dancing before the Lord in worship. Come on, they are being discipled. They are having an encounter with God. And the same God that moves here is moving right back there. Come on, somebody. Because God, the Bible says, from generation to generation, he is God. Whew, the promise is to you and your children. Ah. Amen. Oh, I'm not preaching that, but I could. All right. And to all who are afar off, listen, if you feel far from God, guess what? The promise is for you. Whew. As many as the Lord our God will call. Let's take a second and pray together, and then we're going to talk about the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, we love you, and we are grateful that we get to call you Father and that you would call us sons. <laughs> it's so good. And you did that by giving us a spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. Holy Ghost, I'm reminded that your role is to ensure that we know we are in and not out. And I'm so grateful that you're in this room today. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Do whatever you want to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So let me give you a little context. Okay, I gotta, you got to understand, we just picked a verse out of, a, out of a, the second chapter of Acts. But to understand the second ch- what, what that verse that we just read, we need to understand the context of what's happening. So what's happening is <clears throat> Peter has just finished preaching a message. Okay, He had just been preaching a message where men and women all repented and came to Jesus. But before that... The Bible says at the very beginning of Acts chapter 2 that they had a moment when the day of Pentecost had fully come. The Holy Spirit came upon all of them and they began to speak in tongues and they began to declare the wonderful works of God. Isn't that good? Come on, they begin to declare. So some people wonder, what, what happens if I speak in tongues? You know what one of the things that's going to happen? You're going to begin to declare the wonderful works of God. And it's amazing. And so this is what's happening, but it's kind of chaotic, right? It's kind of chaos, and people are like, what's going on? And so that's why Peter stepped up and he preached this message. And the Bible says that 3,000 people said yes to Jesus that day. How many know that would be a good day? And really what that is, that's the birth of the church. We literally see the birth of the church happen on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And that's a big deal. We need to know that. But to really understand this moment, and, and the importance of this moment, we need to back up a little bit further. We need to go to Acts chapter 1. How many of you know Acts chapter 1 is before Acts 2? Okay. So we got Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is recorded as speaking his very last words. How many of you all know that if you are trying to create the most influential organization in the entire world that will ever exist, you're birthing the church and you're about to leave and leave it in the hands of these disciples, these believers, how many of you all know that your last words are going to be very calculated? His last words, you know what they were? Wait for the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a big deal? That's a big deal. If Jesus makes it a big deal, guess what? It's a big deal. I want to let you know that. If you have an old school Bible, it's in red. Red means Jesus said it, which means it's a big deal. Okay? Last words of Jesus. But to really understand this moment, we need to back up just one step further. I promise I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. We're going to have fun. Okay? To understand this, you need to go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, because what you're going to realize, what you've got to understand is that Acts chapter 2 was not 
the first encounter the disciples had had with Holy Spirit. There was one before that, and if you're not careful, you can miss it. Okay? Acts chapter 2, or John 20, I'm sorry. John 20, 22 says this. And when he had said this, because he had been speaking to them, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So here's the picture. Jesus exhales. The disciples inhale. And you know what we're seeing? We're seeing the salvation moment of the disciples. They could not be saved, what we call salvation, until Jesus had been raised from the dead. Have you ever thought about that? So we're literally seeing the moment where the Holy Spirit comes in and the Bible says that he, they begin to be transformed from the inside out. Isn't that good? So we're seeing this. Now why am I saying all of that? I'm saying all of that because I want you to know that there were two different moments that the disciples encountered with the Holy Spirit. The first one was here in John 20. And that was when they were saved. That was when they came into an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he brought life. The next one was Acts chapter 2. Is that, and that's when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Two different things. And the first thing I want to tell you is this right here. The reason I'm saying all of this is the first thing I need you to know. Is that if you have said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. If you've repented of sin and you become a follower of Jesus, and you said, be the Lord of my life, you bend your knee and said, you are my Lord and my King, and you have done that, then guess what? You have the Holy Spirit too. You say, why are you saying that? Because there's some of you in the room, possibly there's some of you here, that have heard something said to you, or maybe indicated or implied, or maybe you felt this way, that... that because you're not, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and maybe because you don't have your prayer language, don't speak in tongues, that, that you don't have the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you that is absolutely not the truth. Okay? Uh, I remember my dad called me. My dad is, my dad is uh, uh, he got saved when he was in the mid-20s. Mid He's Baptist. And, and so he, he really didn't have much of, an, much of a knowledge of, of the working of the Holy Spirit. But, but he, he was working for, a, for uh, a couple years up in Minnesota. And when he was up there, he went to church, and he found this really Pentecostal church. Does anybody know what I mean when I say really Pentecostal? Anybody grow up in, like, that Pentecostal church? I mean, like, really Pentecostal? Yeah, some of you are like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Some of you in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Running, and you just, when you go to a Pentecostal church and you invite a friend, just let me give you a little, little lesson here, and you invite a friend, the number one thing you're praying is, is please, Please don't let it be weird. Please don't let it be weird. Please don't let it be weird. Right? That's, that's all you're praying the whole time. And you know that when you invite a friend, it's not going to be normal. 100%. 100%. Somebody is running. Somebody is shouting. Something is happening. It is just, going, it's just the way it is. Okay? Uh, <laughs> so my dad was at this Pentecostal church. Remember, he's Baptist. And, but... He was like, he, he was like, called me and said, man, I found this church and man, man, the spirit of God really moves here. And, and, and what's interesting to me, I thought this was really interesting because my dad, he does not have an experience, he does, this is not his background. 
But something about it, while he didn't understand it, he liked it. Yeah, yeah, I got to let you know something right now is that if you're trying to fit the Holy Spirit into your intellect, you're never really going to experience him very much. And I got to let you know something too is that you may not understand it, but when the Spirit of God is actually in the room, there may be things happening that you don't really have a, have a context for, but you have this sense of peace and joy and know that he's in the room. And you got to be okay with not understanding everything. You see, sometimes I'm concerned that because the Holy Spirit can bring some wildfire, we've decided to have no fire. And I don't know about y'all, I would much rather have some wildfire than to have no fire. We need fire in the church again. We need fire in our homes again. We need fire in our lives again. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be guilty of living a life without the Spirit of God. I don't want to be trying to be an effective witness without the Spirit of God. We need him today, church. We need him today. It's okay to have some wildfire. I would rather have it. I would rather have it. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that more people have been turned off by dead churches than have ever been scared off by weird ones. And I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. He's not the weird uncle that we hope doesn't show up to the reunion. But sometimes that's how we treat him. He is supernatural, not weird. The problem is, is that he's outside of our intellect. He's bigger than our brain. And so sometimes we say, you know, I don't understand him, so I'm not touching it. Did you know the church was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that Jesus did not do his works in the power of the second person of the Trinity. He did not come and do in power his works and his miracles as the Son of God. He did them under the anointing and power of the Spirit of God. Acts 10.38 says, as Jesus went about doing good, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How did he do it? He did it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Last time I checked, Trinity means three. We talk a lot about the Father. We talk a lot about Jesus. But Holy Ghost is there too. I love you. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. He's here and he wants to come and anoint you and come upon you for power so that you lay hands on the sick, so that you cause, they, so that you cast out devils, so that you raise the dead, so that you preach the gospel with boldness. That's our assignment, to lead our families with the power and the love of God. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, Romans 5.5. 5. How does the love of God get on our heart? Through the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17. In the Holy Ghost. We need him. So my dad. <laughs> my dad was at this church. And uh, he was at this church and he called me. He said, hey, preach. I love, what they, I love everything that's going on here. And he calls, he calls me preach. And he said, he said, he said I, I love this church. The other day they were preaching and they said, uh, the pastor got up and said, hey, if you don't speak in tongues, people who don't speak in tongues are going to hell. No. 
And I was like, oh, dad. <laughs> dad, let me, first of all, you're loving this church. Stay at this church. It's a great church. You're, God's really ministering. How many of mature believers can eat the hay and spit out the sticks? Come on, if you, if you leave a church every time you hear one thing wrong, guess what? You're going to go to a new church and be there about 30 minutes. Yeah? Mature believers can go, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. That's cool. I don't need to touch that one. We're good, right? Also, sometimes you hear things in the Bible that, that you hear things that you're like, I just never heard this before, and you need to go seek it out. But I told my dad, I said, I said, hey, I said, hey, dad, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. You have the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God is in you. You are his. And I want to let you know today, listen, if you said yes to Jesus, I just want to remind you that you are accepted in the beloved. Come on, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The same spirit of God that was in Jesus lives in you. Come on, and he's causing your life, your body to come to life because he dwells in you. Amen. And there's more. You have him. And... There's more. That's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes. I got to preach all this time to talk to you about more. And there's more. You know, I was, um, for our honeymoon, Michelle and I, we went to New York City. And I, I would highly not recommend that. <laughs> Especially when you go and you have just enough money to get there. You know what I'm saying? And we had enough money. We ran out of, we ran out of, <laughs> out of money like three days in, and we were splitting Jamba juices. You know what I'm saying? We were like trying to split, make a pack of ramen noodles last three days. You know, <laughs> you know. So we had a good time. But part of that experience, part of that, we had a great time. But part of that experience is somebody had bought us tickets to a Broadway play. Now, to understand what I'm about to tell you, you need to understand my history. I am a country boy from the middle of nowhere southwest Kansas, I was raised by a single dad who is a cowboy and a horse trader, okay? You gotta understand something. We did not have television, yeah, yeah, somebody knows. We did not have television, we didn't, like, like I never lived in anything you couldn't pull, put on the back of a truck, or fold up, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is how I lived, and I loved it. Most of my conversations were with horses and cattle, like, that's it, okay? And so this is how I grew up. So I'm uncultured, back to Broadway. I have no business being there, right? Um, so we're at this Broadway play, and, and we didn't get the, so we didn't buy tickets to the front or the back. We're kind of in the middle. We're right in the middle. And, and these seats are tiny. I mean, they are not your theater seats that we have today. I mean, like, right? And not only that, we have this, uh, we got the railing. Well, you know that seat where it's like, you're not only you're like this, but you're railing, and it's right against your shins? So you can't even stretch out, right? And I have my beautiful wife to the right, which I'm very happy about. I'm not so happy about Brutus to my left, right? I'm not happy about him. And we're there for about 90 minutes or so. 90 minutes in, remember, I have no context. I don't know what's happening. I, the play doesn't even make sense to me. I'm like, I don't know how to, why are they singing so much? Anyway, 90 minutes in, the lights come on, the curtains come down, and the actors disappear. Do you know what that says to me? It's over. That's my mistake. I looked down at my wife. I got true, this is true story. I got up, and I looked down at my wife, and I was like, well, that was awesome. Stretched out. was like, you ready to go get some food? She looked at me, you know, like real sweetly. We're still in the honeymoon phase, literally on the honeymoon. And she looked at me like batting her eyes. She's so pretty, right? 
And she's like, what are you talking about? It's not over it. The story doesn't even make sense. And then she uttered those words. That was intermission. And I was like, it's halftime? I literally didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, halftime? And it's a true story. This true story, loud enough for everybody around us to hear, I looked at her and I was like, there's more? <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, I don't remember. No. Uh, so we had a great time. But I, I tell you that whole story, that whole story, right? A few minutes later, I'm sitting down in my, my sardine can again, enjoying another 90 minutes with my wife and Brutus. <laughs> But I tell you that story because so many of us, I don't think we, we've really heard that there's more. There's more of that same spirit of God. Maybe, maybe you grew up in a church like, like I did. I, I, grew up, I grew up, my spiritual background is Catholic, Baptist, Church of Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you've been to any one of those or all of those, you know that there's not a lot talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful for my Catholic brothers. I saw incredible moves of God there. I've seen God move in the Catholic Church. I'm grateful for my Baptist brother because that's where I that's where I that's where I gave my life to Jesus for the first time. I came to Jesus for the first time. And I'm grateful for my Church of Christ brothers because that's where I, I I learned, man. I, I learned these hymns and I learned how to sing out and sing out and worship the Lord. I'll never forget my Uncle Junior leading out in, in if you've never been to Church of Christ, they don't have any of this. They do not believe in music, it is hymnals and then you sing. And for some reason we only ever sang the first, second, and fourth verses. If you came in and you sang only the third verse in these churches, they'd be like, we have never heard that song in my life. And you'd be like, yes, you have. It's amazing grace. Like, you just never heard this verse. But you go to these churches and, and I never heard about the Holy Ghost. I never heard. And there's, there's, there's some guys in the Bible in Acts chapter 19 who have the exact same experience. In Acts chapter 19, I, I really identify with these guys because there's this moment where Paul, he's preaching and he says, it said, while Paulus was in Corinth, that Paul passed through the upper regions, came to, kept passing through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And he found some disciples. And watch this question. Watch what he asked them. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Oh. Have you ever been asked that in church? We should probably start asking that question. Paul asked it. He thought it was important enough that according to this right here, it's the first question he asked him. And he said, and, and watch, the, watch this, they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Anybody ever grew up like that? You're like, ah, that's the way I grew up, right? That's the way I grew up. I didn't know. First time I walked into a Pentecostal church, I was like, this is weird. But I like it. I felt something. I sensed God. I was like, this is different. And then Paul said to them, and what then were you baptized? I said, into John's baptism, which is Repentance. And Paul said, John, man, he baptized in baptism of repentance, saying to people that they should come, they should believe on him, which is Jesus, who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, watch, they, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now watch this. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Here's what I need you to see. Is there is a difference between Holy Spirit coming within you and upon you. There's two different experiences. I just took a drink of water. 
That water is in me. Right? Yeah? If you don't really think there's a difference between in and upon, why don't you come up here? I'll show you. <laughs> there's a difference between in and upon. What I need you to understand is that the Holy Spirit comes in us to bring life. We are, the Bible talks about regeneration. We are recreated as brand new in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. He brings life. He comes upon us for power. And in Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses unto me into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the world. Isn't that good news? So he comes on us, he comes in us for life, comes on us for power. Now some people get really caught up on the tongue stuff. And then ask the question, I hear the question of, do I have to pray in tongues? And the answer is no. We get to though. We get to, and we can. And I think officially our stance should be, whatever's in this Bible, I want it. I think our official stance is if there is more, I want to seek the Lord for it. I remember the first time that I heard the term full gospel. You ever heard that term? I was 17 years old and somebody said, I told them where I was going to church, and they said, is that a full gospel church? And I was legit confused. Because I was like, full gospel, in my mind, real quick, I was like, I was like, that implies are there half gospel churches? Are there quarter gospel? Three quarter? What percentage am I? I didn't know. But it, it clicked in my head, like I'm not super smart, but I'm kind of smart, I'm not smart enough. I said, well, if there's half gospel churches, three quarter gospel churches, and if there's full gospel church, that's the one I want. I want the full gospel. I believe this book. And if God makes something available, I want it. If he says desire the, the spiritual gifts, I want them. If he says there's more of the Holy Ghost, I want him. I want what he has. Can I tell you that you need what he has? In the Bible, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as three different ways, he, or in several ways, but he refers to him as a gift, as a promise, and an advantage. A gift a promise and an advantage. God, that's good. Imagine a scenario in here. Imagine uh, it's Christmas morning. Gifts are, under the, uh, are under, the, under the tree and you bought gifts for your kids or your parents or somebody and you've got gifts there. And you're like, man, I got these gifts. Man, and it's awesome. You know what's in them. You know, you know what's in them. You're like, man, they're about to be blessed. It's going to be amazing. And you got these gifts underneath the tree. Imagine it's Sunday or it's Sunday morning, uh, Christmas morning, and you wake up and it's like, all right, cool, it's time for these gifts. I got these gifts, gifts for them. Imagine a scenario like I have kids. We have three kids. I like got 13, 11, and, and seven, and, and 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 I could never imagine them walking up to these gifts and going, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what you put in there. Yeah, yeah, I think let's go do something else. No, 
There's never one time in the history of the universe ever, ever happened. I don't think, right? No, when we have a gift, we trust. Like when, when, we, when, when, when I put a gift underneath the tree, the kids understand that I'm a good dad. And I'm going to put something good in there for them. And they've got to open it because what's in there is great. Can I tell you right now that God is so much better than you and I? Come on, he's so much better. And in fact, in Luke 11, in Luke 11, he says this right here. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks him a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Come on, do you think that, that, that God, if you were to ask for a fish, he's going to put a snake in your hand? Something that could feed you, but instead he gives you something that could kill you, could hurt you, could damage you? But yet I heard people say this about the Holy Spirit. They're like, I don't know, I'm scared of him. I'm scared of, I'm scared of what maybe tongues might be. Did it come from God? Because the Bible says very clearly that he wants to give us a spirit. Watch, keep reading. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, watch this. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's good. He's a good father. And the Holy Spirit is good. Stand up on your feet real quick. We're going to close this thing up. And here's what I want to do. If you're a small group leader uh, in this place, you're a Chi Alpha small group leader, or you're a house leader, or you're a pastor, uh, I want you to meet me up front here real quick. We're going to have a moment of prayer. Because every one of us, our stance must be and I believe this. I believe that our stance needs to be, God, if there's more, I want more. Some of you in here, you've never, this might be the first time you've ever heard a message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you might be like, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. If it's, if it's from God, I want it. I hope that's where you landed. Some of you, maybe you weren't to camp or maybe you had an experience one time and, and you did speak in tongues. You did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you haven't in a long time. Guess what? You can start immediately. He never left you. I've seen people that got baptized in the Holy Spirit when they were 14 at youth camp, and I met them when they were 40, and I was like, he never left. And they were like, really? And they just started. I was like, yeah, praise the Lord. And some of you in here, you're like maybe, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've been, you've been praying in the Spirit. You've been doing all of it. Every one of us, no matter where you land there, every one of us need more. Because even if you're a, a spirit, uh, you know, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're overflowing, guess what? Did you know in Acts chapter 2, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they needed it again in Acts 4? In Acts 4, I mean, you didn't get two chapters and they needed refilled. I'm like, wow. Means that, that means that there's something that, that the Holy Spirit brings that we are using in our everyday life. Amen? In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says right here, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. He literally compares being filled with the Spirit to being drunk with wine. Why? Because it affects us. Amen? And that word, be filled, is actually in the Greek, it's a present continual tense. Which just means that it means be being filled. 
which means always be being filled, never stopping. We need him. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment. The worship team's here. We're going to, we're going to worship for just a little bit. But how many of you in here would just acknowledge, and I think, I think every one of us could, every one of us should, how many acknowledge, I need more of the Holy Ghost. I need more. I need him to a greater degree. I need him. I need him. I need him. I want more. Come on, I desire more. What we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to have a moment where you're going to come and pray up here with, uh, with one, of these, one of these amazing men and women. These are all people we trust. And I want you to know God fills hungry hearts. I heard this story one time of this, this pastor who was preaching. And while he was preaching, he was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a guy, from, a guy was sitting in the back. And he was like, just in the middle of the message, was like, I don't believe any of this. Just yelled it out, right? I don't believe any of this. I have the Holy Ghost. I have all the Holy Ghost there is. That's literally what he said. So the pastor stopped and said, hey, sir, would you come up front here? And the guy said, sure. And he got up and he started walking down the aisle. And as he got down, he kept just yelling out, I have the Holy Ghost. I have all the Holy Ghost there is. I have all there is. And the man came up front and the pastor walked over to him and he said, he said, hey, sir, are you hungry for more? Do you want all God has for you? And he said, God said, I have all the Holy Ghost, but yes, I want all God has for me. And the pastor reached out and touched his head, and the man began immediately speaking in tongues. <laughs> Do you know why? Because God fills hungry hearts. If we come to God hungry, he's filling our hearts. Amen? So what I want to do is I want to take a moment. We, we're we're going to pray together. I, I, did you know that there's no shame in wanting or desire, desiring prayer in the house of prayer? Jesus said my house will be called the house of prayer. And so we're supposed to pray for one another. So I want you to move forward here in just a second. I want to pray. And if you want another, another dose, man, just more of the Holy Ghost, I want you to make your way up here. And we're going to agree together, okay? They're going to pray with you. Tell them if you're, if you're saying, hey, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's what I need, then let them know that so they know how to pray with you, okay? Would you do me a favor? Would you just lift your hands in this place real quick? Just lift your hands up here with me. Lord, we declare that we want you. Holy Ghost, we desire the fullness of you. We want all you have to offer today. Fill us up in Jesus' mighty name.